what is going on today everyone hopefully you're having a good day today i know the circumstances of the world are a little bit crazy right now there's a little bit of fear a little bit of uncertainty and if you're tuning into this episode even though those things are going on obviously you're hearing the sound of my voice right now i want to say thank you obviously one of the biggest messages that i have as an individual as a creator especially on youtube not as much on the podcast is this idea of peace love and positivity so i'm always going to be spreading that but for today's episode we have a another brand owner one out of the toronto area which i'm incredibly excited about I'm not even going to say his last name, but the first name is Adam and the brand in reference is Libero. And you can tell those things by the title of the episode. Without further ado, I'm going to stop all the jibber jabber. I'm going to get into the episode. And uh, if you do enjoy it or if you have any comments or if you have any thoughts while it's going on, leave a five star review, type out your comments and I would appreciate it dearly. All right. Roll the tape. I think it's safe to say that I've had more Canadians on the podcast <laughs> than any other country outside the U.S. And and today we're graced by the presence of Adam Appelgelesi. Is that is, is that correct? close enough? But I'll take it. I'll take it, man. It's tough. <laughs> I should have asked you before. I should have asked <laughs> you before. But I'll just say Adam, someone who's been incredibly generous towards me in the past. His brand Libero has been featured on GQ, but in the same breath, is still wildly underrated. Um, Adam is someone who I have a lot of respect for. Adam, man, how are you doing today? I'm good. That's that's a very, very gracious, smooth intro. So I appreciate that. Besides the last thing <laughs> messed course. up, but the rest is all butter. So I, I appreciate it, man. I've been good. I should have asked. I should have asked. I should have asked. Okay, I should have asked. Good, how, do you say it? how do you say it? Okay, yeah. There's Yeah, yeah that would have been tough worry. for me regardless <laughs> if I would have known. It's all good. All good. <laughs> Very cool. How how are things off for you right now, man? Where where are you located? We're I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I'm out in Toronto, uh, in Canada. So been here my whole life basically. Um, things are good. We're we're keeping busy with the brand. We're we're trying to just always be on top of things and being tuned into what we need to get done and making sure that everything is just always in the right place, following the right timeline. So we're good. Definitely, man. I know you're a busy guy, and we talked a little bit before that we started recording. Just wanted to extend that thank you again, man, because you know, running your own business, there's always problems that you're trying to solve. There's always things that you're trying to overcome, deadlines you're trying to meet, and so um, this little hour-long conversation, I can't wait for it because I've known about and been a fan and been a supporter of Libero for a little bit of time now, and it, it's been fun to see the progression with the films and the the editorial work and everything you've been doing, the products you put out. So thank you, man. Um, I'm really excited to get into it. Um, let's start with like before we start with talking about Libro. Let's let's take it back to your childhood man what is what is your background how is it like for you growing up as a kid yeah I mean born and raised in Toronto um obviously you can tell by the last name that uh, and Libero itself were very Italian um my grandparents my nonni my nonno my nonna have all been born in Italy uh, and then they moved over to Toronto years ago ages ago um but my parents and the rest of the family are all born here so I spent a majority of my life here I took off to Italy when I was about 18, 19, I moved there. I spent some time, about four or five years living in Europe, four years, very solid in Italy, living there, traveling, um, just kind of finding my own way, if you will. Uh, I was playing soccer, very like semi-professional um, while oh, I was wow. there. Um, I know that you come from a sport background playing basketball, so, so we can do, relate yeah. on that. Um, but I was out yeah. there, I was playing soccer, um, and then my time kind of came to an end after the four or five years. So came back home and uh, been home ever since. Tell me, talk to me about how um, it was for you being in Europe and being in Italy. Like, how would you describe that experience there? Oh, it changed my life. It, it changed my life. I moved there. I didn't speak any Italian. I had to pick it up while I was there. I didn't study it. I was just immersed in this culture. And I ended up picking mm -hmm. it up with the people that I met and the people that I lived with. And now I'm fluent in it and very grateful for that because I can come home and speak to relatives and, and have a proper conversation with them again. Wait, wait, I have to ask you before you. So, so this is a really interesting thing. So you went, you, when you were 19, you left to go to Italy, mm -hmm. right? You didn't speak as much Italian, but when you came back, you were, you were speaking fluently. Like how was the reaction of your family members? Were they like, Oh my God, Adam, like how, how did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a really, really funny story. So like, any, I'm thinking majority of like 
Canadian Italians, in my opinion, don't really speak fluently Italian. We have like the basic, like ciao, buongiorno, like the very small words that we picked up. Um, mm. So nobody really, like, there's definitely a handful of people that do, but majority don't from what I've realized. Um, so when I came back home and obviously my grandparents knew me as the kid that didn't speak Italian and then I came home and now I was fluent in it. So funny enough, I came home and I went to go see my grandmother and I was talking to her in Italian and she still responded in English. I was like, great, did all this hard work, <laughs> tried to figure it out and we're just going back to English. So the reaction was lackluster, but they then were like, oh, wow, like after a year and a half, I had picked it up, no studying. I still make mistakes here and there um, and I'm very aware of that, but. Yeah, they were all. I mean, we all do. Yeah, we're, they were all very surprised, and uh, I'm very grateful that I picked it up. But yeah, like to go back to your initial question, it, mm. it changed my life. Being there, being alone, and and finding my way and finding who I am matured me really, really quickly. Um, it allowed me to just build up a certain confidence that, like, even to this day, allowed me to kind of do libero. Yeah, totally, and I, I encourage anybody like this is my experience too i wasn't there for as long as you were but i had a chance to also visit um europe i had a chance to go to france um when i was in college because actually my girlfriend was studying abroad um and so for the last like three two weeks of her study abroad program i came out to visit her um she's 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 been a you know, to Europe several times, but it was my first time. And just the ability to change that perspective, have a little bit of a paradigm shift from your home country, your home state, which for me was the U.S. And just seeing that, you know, there's so many different types of individuals, styles, there's fashion, food, culture. It's just so enamoring for just uh, a lot of people outside. of Like when you get to travel, it's just enamoring, right? Like it's just super, sure. super, super. I, cool. I always, I always tell people like you probably do as well, where it's like, if you have the opportunity and you can make it happen? I always encourage people that I meet or that I bump into, like spend a year, spend two years, go abroad, leave your like backyard and mm. go to someone, go to somewhere else where you've never been before, may not speak the language, whatever it is. It's going to just like open up your senses you a whole other world and gonna just mature you like i said really really quickly so i again super grateful that i did that as well totally 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 now i want to ask you one of the questions i had in the question set was kind of i want to know about the adam um before libro and you're kind of giving me the context right now but i want to know about the adam like almost like the juvenile adam the kid adam what were you what were you doing as a kid um, were you, you said you were into soccer, obviously you played similar professionally. Were you a big soccer kid or were you into other things when you were growing up? Man, I was all over the board. Um, and like, that's all thanks to my parents where my mom and my dad were very like, go, go do what you want, try and figure it out. You want to go skateboard? They brought me to go buy a skateboard when I was like eight, nine years old. And I did it for like yeah. six months and then never skateboarded again. Um, <laughs> And I was golfing since I was like five to like eight. And then I dropped that and picked up soccer. So my childhood was very, like, in my opinion, very well-rounded. And my parents allowed me to do certain things and go on adventures within the city and figure things out and, and be the person that I am today. So my childhood was eventful, bike rides, skateboarding, friends, traveling, whatever it was. So to answer that question, it was like, I, in my opinion, again, very well-rounded. And that has yeah. allowed me to, again, venture off into things that I do now and bring and pull from different avenues. Like, I'm sure that you do as well. You probably pull from your time from basketball of that, like, yep. companionship, sportsmanship, that, like, bringing your teammates together. So it's funny because yeah. I always try and never bring things back to sports. Um, but the masculine urge in me always does. So it's tough to disregard that. But... I always relate my like business endeavors with Libero to that sportsmanship and like everyday war of going to a basketball game or going to a soccer game and like competing every day. Yeah, I'm for one, Adam, I, I truly believe that, you know, uh, even though maybe you don't necessarily want to bring up sports, I think for me, my my kind of thought process on it all is that I think sports is like you alluded to is so important to 
it can be important. It can help someone understand the process of, of putting sure. in work day in and day out, working with others and having kind of that mental fortitude. Because a lot of times what you'll hear in a lot of different sports is that, you know, basketball is 80 percent mental, 20 percent physical, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it may be. And that those kind of things, like when you're a 16, 17, 18 year old, you kind of brush those things. Yeah. Like, OK, coach is just coach is just talking right now. Like, what's, sure. what's this man talking about? But once you kind of get into the arena of life, you understand that, you know, everything that you want to accomplish is out there for you. And one of the biggest obstacles that you will have to overcome is that obstacle, you know, the the the, the brain gelatin between your ears, right? Like, how do you talk to yourself? How do you allow yourself or believe in yourself or don't believe in yourself to get things done? What Absolutely. discipline do you have? And those kind of things. So all those lessons I learned from, from the game, but also like another thought just kind of popped into my head which was like you know sports and art and i feel like fashion is an art form but sports and art are typically uh thought about on you know different sides of the spectrum and i was just watching this little video today of uh devin booker make Mm -hmm. a game winner and someone had edited it in such a way i was like this is art like like the way certain athletes conduct themselves in the court court of arena is absolutely art so I, i think that even playing sports helped me understand like well i don't want to play like kobe i want to play a little bit more like Allen iverson like in, sure. in the way that he moves compared to kobe is like a little bit different it's like a little different art form so i don't know if sports is something that um is I, obviously we, we both have experienced and influences us even though like we still want to have the artist version of ourselves really kind of be the most prominent yeah so. man no i i completely agree to, to touch on that really quickly it's like there is a certain creativity to sports and there's a certain creativity to being a musician and playing a violin, right? Their creativity doesn't always have to come in like a physical, tangible, like painting or making clothes, obviously. I think that mm-hmm. that creativity, that artistry can come in different ways in different mediums, whether it's sports or whether it's your musician and playing again, a violin or whatever it is. Um, but I, I completely agree with you on that front. And especially like you're saying, being in sports, being in a team environment, being under someone's like calls as like a coach or whatever has manipulated my life to like never being late for practice, never being late mm-hmm. to work, mm-hmm. being 15 minutes mm-hmm. early, like those things. And like, I've always been such a big person on that and supporting those like team principles, coaching principles, because it's again, it's allowed me to, to be who I am now. Totally, totally. And it's not perfect either. There's always no, some bad always. aspects of sports and, and just life in general. There's always going to be toxic people and to- sure. toxic situations. Um, so, but let's, let's, let's kind of flip that page. Let's talk about fashion a little bit. Yeah. I want to know your introduction to fashion before we get into Libro. Cause I feel like, um, Libro, the Libro discussion is going to be really fun. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited. So talk to me. Um, what is what is your introduction to fashion like? Where where does your love for clothing begin, or your interest in clothing begin? It it kind of goes back to like you're asking that childhood and being from a, like a European home. It was always about like how well put together we were, and we could never go over to like a Zia or like an aunt's house not well dressed. If you showed up like bummy, it's like you're like the ugly duckling kid of the family where it's like, how are you? Show-? Yeah, you're, you're done. You're done for. You're, you're going to be the talk <laughs> of the family. He showed up in sweatpants. You're done for. So I think it derives from just like that Italian European culture of like, we're always dressed to the nines. We're always mm-hmm. put together. Um, so like, you'll never kind of like catch me ever really wearing sweatpants outside of the house. Not that I don't want to, I'd love to, but it's just something in our culture that would never allow yeah. me so that was kind of the birth of like the fashion sense or the fashion style that came towards me. Um, then when I came home from playing soccer and being abroad, I had to find a job and I ended up working at like a local stores in the city, like club Monaco. And then from club, I went to Holtz. Holtz is like a, the Canadian version of like a Macy's, if you will, or like a sack. Oh, cool. So like a sack yeah, and a Nordstrom yeah. um, is a better example actually. And I worked there and it's, I don't want to make this reference, but it transitioned into like a how to make it in America type of thing where we were working there and me and the homies were kind of always just like hanging out and whatever, um, which encouraged us to be more stylish and 
care more about our fashion being surrounded by all this clothes all the time. So I think it's like a happy mix of my family heritage and, and our culture of always being put together and then being immersed in like that retail environment and being around other guys and girls that also wanted to care about the clothes that we were selling or how we showed up to work that day. Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that it comes from a place of like your family's cultural heritage that like you're not going to be showing up to grandma's and grandma grandpa's house looking looking raggedy. And that's something I noticed in uh, France, too. Like you don't see people going to the proverbial grocery store corner store wearing flip flops and a pair of leggings. I never saw that. Not one time. And that's something that, like, once again, like, you just don't even realize unless you break the context of where you're from. Like, in, in the U.S., it's very common for people to just kind of uh, – for, for a lot of the states, they don't have the best style. Yeah. Right? So I'm not going to – I'm not going to bag on too many. <laughs> for, a, for a lot of the states, they don't have the best style, right? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of just see some, like, crazy stuff at your local yeah. supermarket or whatever it may be. So – but that's not happening with, with you, right? No, it, it, like, I completely agree, man. It, it was it was just it was a no fly zone. So it was you're either showing up in head to toe looking good, or you just weren't allowed to come to the grandmother's house. <laughs> so it was, you had to pick. So even like my dad, today, uh, I'll go see my parents at home, and he's like, "You're showing you're showing up like this." I was like, "What do you mean? Like I used to live here?" He goes, "Yeah, but." Put something on where it looks like. Hey, man, go change. Yeah, go change. Go change. <laughs> put something else on it. I know you make those clothes, so go put on some of those clothes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what's the st- what's the origin story of Libro? You, how do you transition from working at this uh, kind of department store, as you said, to um, starting your own business? Yeah, it was the origin story of Libro is like comes in many, many layers. Um mm. Again, it was being at that department store and being around all my homies and then like pushing each other to do something because we would all be like, oh, like this, this line is really, really good. This brand is really, really corny. And then one of my closest homies, uh, Mike Kawasaki for his short form, Mike was just like, man, like go do something then. Like, like you, you've got the idea, right? So then go do it. And Mike had always kind of pushed me to go and go do something, go do something, and just kind of became like a snowball effect. And like my other best friend, uh, Kadeem, was like, hey, man, like we talk this big game and we really do all this. So like, let's let's put something together. Let's just do it. And then that kind of, again, it became that snowball effect where we had people pushing me and, and encouraging me to do it. And I built up more confidence because you know yourself, Drew, like putting yourself online and speaking behind a microphone, speaking to a phone, a YouTube channel, whatever it is, it's, it's tough. And it's not for everybody. And I'm sure there's a lot of days where you probably don't really want to speak in front of the microphone. And there's a lot of days where I wish I didn't run a business and didn't have to answer to emails or whatever. But when you have people around you that encourage you and give you that gas to do something, it makes everything so much more easier. But totally, yeah, that's my little tangent on that. But yeah, it developed from my friendship with my homies and all my close family members and them allowing me to build up the confidence to now build a brand and start something. That's awesome. I think it's awesome. You had friends who kind of challenged you on yeah, that. Like, exactly. Oh, you talk a big game. Like, all right, prove it. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that because it's a lot of people do talk a lot, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's just saying a lot of people do talk a lot and whether it be, you know, in a department store or if you are in a group of friends and a lot of people will just talk and talk and talk about what they'd like, what they don't like. Um, but the, to have the goal to actually act on it, that is something that takes a little bit more. Obviously it's been a, it's been a progression. Um, what was it like for you, like early stages of Libro? Were you kind of like road mapping what you wanted to create? Did you have ideas like you had mentioned or like, like, how did you, how did you figure it all out for yourself? Man, that's such a good question. There was no roadmap. There was no blueprint mm-hmm. and Toronto fashion scene or culture for that matter, inclusive of art, music, fashion, whatever you want to throw in that that whole mixed salad of goods is Mm -hmm. very low key. And I mean, obviously we have that incredible scene of Justin Bieber, Drake, 
and the weekends and party next door and that whole crew that exploded but on the other side that fashion scene is is lackluster or it had been for a very very long time and now mm. more so than ever there is a bigger crew that's popping out in fashion in my opinion so when when we had all started me and the other people in the state that make clothes and have brands there was no roadmap there was other people that had done it mm. before but there was less of a communal conversation so it was kind of like I'm cold calling places. Hey, do you have fabric? Hey, can you make yeah. a pattern? Hey, can we do this? And then people be like, I don't know you. You don't have enough units. <laughs> what are you want? Like, can you go somewhere else? So it was a lot of just like cold emails, cold calling, a lot of like falling nine times, getting up 10, falling the 11th time, getting up to 12. So that roadmap was non-existent, man. And even to this day, yeah. there is no roadmap. It's just like we wake up, we sit together at a table, me and the rest of the team, and we're putting all the pieces together. And that's what's so beautiful about it because yeah, even I think for you, man, where it's like you could speak to other YouTubers, other TikTok, other whatever, what worked for them may not work for you. And just because it did for them doesn't mean it's actually the right science to success. Mm -hmm. Right? And I know that's like doesn't really give a, a proper answer, but it, what I'm getting at is there is no roadmap. There is no guarantee. You kind of just need to put those pieces to your puzzle together and it'll form beautifully. And then you'll start to grow on that. Yeah, totally. I'm, uh, there's a couple thoughts that like popped in my head as you were talking about it. Like there, the fact that you said there is no roadmap, there is no roadmap. There is no guarantee. Um, it's almost like this idea of, you know, if you don't start, you're guaranteed to fail. Absolutely. But if you start, then I'm not saying you're guaranteed to succeed, but if you just continue to put those reps in, you're guaranteed to make some sort of progress towards whatever the destination is. It might take you five months, five years, or whatever it might be, right? Like mm -hmm. but I wanna ask you, um I wanna ask you as well, like in those moments where you were discouraged where you called 10 times and 10 out of 10 times someone was like who who is this yeah. guy like um how did you like push through those moments like what what was driving you to just continue um going yeah not a whole lot and i still don't know what gets <laughs> me going with all this stuff it's been four years um and we've gratefully kind of just started to continuously grow and grow slowly in a, a nice, slow, beautiful burn, which mm -hmm. has got us to where we are now. But to kind of answer your point where it's, what kept me going was just, I knew what I wanted and I knew that we could do it. And I know that there was like a deep fire in my stomach, in my gut, where it's like, it's working just keep yeah. going. It's working. Just keep going. And again, there's multiple times where things didn't work and we'd have to build from it again. And then something worked and we rode that wave. So what kept us going was just knowing that we're going to be right. At one point mm -hmm. during this course, during this journey, we will be right. We will get something right because we have the building block of the brand. So it's just about keep just like keep going through it i want to yeah. swear i don't know yeah. if i could swear on the podcast but no yeah <laughs> swear yeah it's okay. fine yeah you're fine i you're you gotta keep pushing through the shit and just like keep mm. fucking going because once you do it'll give you more juice to keep going and you build on that that's what kept pushing mm. me just having that instinct and that gut feeling that's like okay we're almost there there's a light at the end yeah. of the tunnel totally totally where does the where does the naming come from libero what does that mean? That was my nono's, my, my grandfather's first name. And mm. he came from Italy to Toronto and started this whole life for what we have, obviously with my other grandparents as well. And he was someone that I just really connected with. And I don't know to this day why it was. Um, mm. We just kind of connected really, really well. And when he had passed, I was like, that was the first time in my life where I was like, wow when something's missing and how do I fill that void or wh why did I feel that way? So he left a very significant uh, burn, if you will, and like Mark on my mm -hmm. life. So Libero actually directly translates to free in Italian. 
which also is beautiful for the brand because I always encourage people personally to dress free and to dress the way you want mm. to. And that's what Libero yeah. is. It's about people dressing the way they want to. And if it so happens to be in Libero clothing, then thank God. And that's beautiful. Um, and that's kind of how the name came up. It's actually a funny story. It wasn't our initial name, but we, really? we went to go use that name that we had first came up with, but it was like taken on Instagram. And my closest homie, Kadeem was like, man, we got to find another name. I was like, dude, I don't, I got, I, I love this name. I don't got anything else. I was like, I've got my grandfather's name. He's like, what is it? I'm like, leave it all. He's like, man, that's, that's, that's pretty, it. pretty, pretty tight. So I'm like, okay. And we just ran with it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a super dope story. So you guys found out about the name because you're like, wait, we gotta figure something out, and then it just can't. It just kind of clicked. That's yeah, dope. That's it just dope. it just clicked, and it just. I mean, I would never like thinking back now. It's like I don't know if that name was the right name for us, and Libro just mm. makes the most sense. So I sense. don't know. It worked yeah. for me. Yeah, totally, totally. You you touched on the brand's ethos a little bit about freedom, about expression. And one of the things that kind of stood out to me when I was doing more kind of in-depth research on Libero and you and just kind of sifting through your website, I read on the about section that, you know, one of the first lines, the first line that's actually on the about section is we've always believed that clothes we wear are our first words before any introduction. And I kind of like that because I always, I always thought the same thing, like, what impression do you give off like with your outfit? Do you look someone in the eye? Uh, do you shake someone's hand firmly? Whatever it may be, mm-hmm. like all those kind of first indicators or things that we all pick up on, whether, you know, you're meeting someone for the first time or for the 10th time, whatever yeah. it might be. Um, talk to me about like the ethos of, of Libero and you, you mentioned it a little bit, but like what kind of clothing uh, does one expect to come out of the Libero brand? Yeah. I mean, man, you're, that quote it has been a part of the brand since the beginning. It's been my personal model, if you will. Um, I just, I feel as if when you wear this second skin or this first skin of clothing, it's the first thing that people see. So you can kind of have a good gauge of that person before they even say anything to you. And mm. For me, that's how I've always dressed and that's how I've taken care of myself. Again, it's what we were saying before, where it's like, we were always just denying going to my grandparents' house. You had to look good because mm-hmm. it was the first example of who you were. So even to this day and before Libero started and during Libero, we always said like the clothes that people wear is going to be the first representation of them. So we wanted Libero to, again, be that representation for people where it's I love film. I love culture of this. Mm -hmm. And we love this heritage and this style and these certain cuts. So that's what Libero has really tried to put together is allowing people to represent themselves with their clothes without having to say anything similar to tattoos, similar to the music you listen to or your favorite movies. Libero has become this thing for me and for the people that love the brand and buy into it. It's their first layer of skin before they say anything. Totally. Well, I have a kind of a random kind of side question. Who is supporting Libro in your opinion the most? Is it mostly people from Toronto? Are you getting more kind of widespread recognition? Obviously, I I, I say the brand is underrated, but like who who has kind of been showing a lot of love to, to Libro in the past six to 12 months, you think? The brand has done really well outside of Canada. Um, and that's not mm-hmm. to say that we don't do well here. We do. Um, I think that to our earlier point where it's Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Canada itself, fashion is still very new and it's, and it's still something that we're trying to adopt, right? Like New York, Paris, Milano, like these cities, they've been, you know, those hubs in the nucleus of fashion and style. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole other mm-hmm. perspective for them. Um, so I think for Libero, we do well in the States, which is number one, number two for us, um, mm-hmm. because I think there's just a different progression for style there. And our customers understanding us better there are people that are following us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all that. Um, mm-hmm. And then outside of that, Europe, London specifically, we do really well in the UK, um, which was something that I never really thought we would do really well in. 
But it's yeah. the last six to 12 months, like you asked, Drew, we've just started to pick up more speed there. And it's beautiful because London has a special place in my heart for me. And I'm happy that we're starting to garner this like new traction there. And we ship out a lot of the Lamas that you're wearing and other pieces out that, uh, out that way. So I would definitely say awesome. like the UK and US, those are two places where we do, uh, we do really well in. Yeah, incredible. And I think that it make that kind of makes sense. I feel like in the US there there's just a there's a there's a kind of familiarity with your brand at least from my experience of it when I first kind of saw it. It kind of reminded me of um a lot of these brands that are really bubbling up right now whether it be like a kind of ALDS mm-hmm. kind of feel to it um or whether it be um I don't know. I just something it just felt familiar. I I I can't really describe it. Like when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is a brand that like it could be the next iteration of what um menswear and just like this very like really nice cuts like you had mentioned and really beautiful jacketry and just different things. So that's kind of where my my liking for it came, especially being someone in the US. Yeah, man. Um but I want to ask you like something that not a lot of brands or every brand has a different approach to this. Mm-hmm. It's how they display the clothing and the collections. Right. And I think for Libro recently, you guys have opted to um, do films and maybe, I think you guys have always done films actually mm-hmm. for each, for a lot of the collections. What is the reasoning behind that decision? Right. Like obviously you like films, but like, yeah, actually I don't want to answer for you. Talk <laughs> to me. What's the reasoning behind it? I mean, it's, it's kind of just always been second nature to me, to my family. Um, my parents are big movie lovers, film lovers. My brother grew up like a film critic and like had his own blog and continued down that path. So it was wow. just kind of, again, second nature within our household to love film and to love movies. So it's kind of just always been innate in me to storytell and to kind of to speak to it the best way I could is that the brands that I love have an amazing, amazing way of storytelling and mm. providing the in-look and insight to what the collection really means. So for us, we adopted that early. I always made it like dead and center that we're always going to do a film, short film, 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever it was, a clip to advocate for what we're selling because in my opinion, and I'm sure you can probably attest this as well, it's not that hard to sell a product. It's harder to sell the story and to sell the brand. So that has always been our main focus is not selling the product because that's going to come hopefully either way, one or another, but getting people Mm -hmm. to actually love the brand and be sincere with us. We've always been visual people. Let's give them a story. Let's make a video. Let's give this like perfect entryway to understanding what we're selling. And I think that's why we do visuals is because it's the best way to understand our story and what we're trying to give out. Totally. And I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think selling a product, it, it's a numbers game, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you have enough of, of a marketing budget, right. And especially in the modern era, you can, you know, have ads that are particularly targeted at an individual and you can basically inundate them with your product um until you know in perpetuity until they eventually buy it yeah (laughs) right and and yeah and and the thing is is a thing about that is is that obviously you know you can reap the benefit of the, the monetary gain um but at the same time like like the brands that people have like you said very strong connections with are the brands that are telling the best stories. Right. Absolutely. And I think like storytelling is something that human beings, we just like, I don't mm-hmm. know, like, you know, when, like if you, if you take it back in time, like one of the, the major signifying details of being human being is the ability to tell story. Like we went out, we hunted saber tooth cat attacked, exactly. but we made it back. Like, like that, like the ability to do that. And obviously we were more, we're more sophisticated now and we have more inundated and more nuanced feelings about things. 
Um, and fashion is like, that, that's one of the, that's why I love fashion. Like that ability to tell stories and convey emotions mm-hmm. and showcase things through product is really, really cool. Like, and I like, I like the way you guys do it as well. Thank you. And, and I think the best way to answer this is like what you just said. If we were just making product and putting it online, no visuals, no photography, no campaigns, would you yourself be so um, excited to find this brand? Probably not. Just like me. And for us, I've always wanted to make that the focal point where it's like, let's give something for people to chew on. Right. Because again, you can take a picture of a t-shirt, you can take a picture of a hoodie, you can put it online for sale online, go shop. Mm. That's really easy. But to convey a, a story and to articulate a certain message and then have that message stick with people, that's a whole other ball game. And to your point, that's, what's going to build that community and that brand and that like foundation Absolutely. for years to come, or at least I'm hoping, or I've got no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> or else it might be <laughs> it might be something a little bit different yeah but i think you're i think you're on the right path thank I mean, you man i mean in all seriousness you're on the right path i want to know like um i think i think with libero i'm i'm really excited to see what the future holds um this jacket i'm wearing right now how do you how did you pronounce it I, i'm trying to work on my my everything <laughs> you killed me bro. You, you killed me um this is a lama um what you're wearing lama. yeah it's special for us and it was the first thing that I ever made and it's taken a new life every other year that we've done it so yeah this thank you for rocking so it so fire so <laughs> fire I was telling Adam before the podcast started again like yo when I wear this jacket I get so many compliments you, people think I'm like the flyest dude around I'm like you're fresh man. I mean you I, 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 I got the <laughs> my on I mean you feel me like it, it is what it is <laughs> for sure bro for sure but yeah talk to me about um the future of, of Libero like are you currently working on new items like uh how are, how are you thinking about 2022 it's it's a constant wheel of production we're always finding things to create we're always finding stories to bring to life um whether it's my father sitting in a restaurant all alone or it's my father driving a car through the back of a parking lot we're always trying to convey some story and some message so the first thing we do is sit down and talk as a team and be like hey what's our story what's our story for 2022 2023 whatever it is and then from there we build product and it's maybe in my opinion a little backwards or a little different but what we were just speaking about that's our science and that's what's done really well for us. So we think about our overarching theme for this year, mm. for summer, for fall, mm. for March, for Monday, whatever it is. And then mm. we work backwards and work down and create products or items that fit into that theme. So we're always working on stuff. We're always making things that may come out two years from now that might come out later or sooner. Um, right now we're just kind of, about to get into the full production of spring summer uh, we don't follow any calendar fall winter spring summer we yeah. we do obviously follow that time frame but we're not right. married to spring coming out in february or fall coming out in november when we're happy yeah. and when we're content with what we put together we drop it um so yeah to answer that kind of less of a long story uh, we're just finishing the sampling stages of, of spring summer and again, working on that campaign, booking dates, booking people. My father is a very busy man. So getting him as a model can be difficult. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, just spring, summer is the main focus. Um, I'll give you a little bit of an inside scoop. We just finished a made, oh, in, awesome. made in Italy espresso set. So the cup and the saucer. Um, we just Ooh. finished that. It's very beautiful for us to kind of make a product in Italy. It's been obviously, like we mentioned, something very close to me in my heart. So the fact Mm -hmm. that we can have a porcelain espresso set made in Italy arrive in the next month or so um, is really exciting. Yeah, super happy. That's so exciting. That's so exciting, especially with all the energy and emotion that you described. Um, 
visiting Italy and being Italian and all that, that's awesome. That's incredible. I can only imagine like this is like the first stepping stone. There's so many things being made in Italy. I can only imagine. That's the plan, man. Uh, super cool. Super cool. Super cool. Yeah, man. It's you know, the thing about um running your own business and like being um in line with seasons and I think you touched on this really nicely is that you know when you are trying to like you have to make it by february or you have to make it by november it adds so much unnecessary stress to the process right like it 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 really kind of can thwart creativity because if you're really like oh i gotta make it by this deadline then it it just i don't know like i said it just thwarts that creativity at times and that storytelling just to make a product so you have it by a certain time frame it just i don't know i like the fact that you said that you know we, we create things based off of their completion, not based yeah. off of a date. Yeah. Like just because, just because dinner is supposed to be at six 30, if the rice isn't properly cooked yet, I'm not serving that. Like we'll wait. And, we'll, and, and honestly, drop the mic on that analogy. That's a good one. <laughs> and, and honestly, I'll, I'll throw out the whole collection. I'll throw out the whole thing if it's not right. And at first, when we first did the video, that wasn't always the case. We were kind of more pressured to like produce and be a part of the conversation. But now we have created our own conversation. We have X amount of followers now, and we are just speaking to that. And we're not looking to appease anybody else and make anybody else happy. We are creating what we want, when we want, when it's ready and Again, we're more than happy to scrap a whole idea and start fresh and drop it when we want. Totally. I, I can't wait to see what the future of holds for Libero and, and for yourself as a as a creative mastermind, for lack of better words. Barely. I'm um, in your team. Um, but it's um it's definitely a, like I'm so happy I got a chance to talk to you about it because it's a brand I wanted to learn about. Hopefully the audience loves listening to as well or love listening to. Um, we're going to we're going to kind of transition to more of like your personal opinions and just kind of more, um, I don't know, antiquated conversation. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I'm in a mood today where for some reason the, the words in my head like are not fully coming out. So okay. I apologize in advance. That's me every day. Um, I know, I know. There's like a million things in my mind, but I, I'm obviously very, very conscious of the fact that I'm glad that you're here. I don't want like, to make it seem like you're not important. <laughs> it's all right, don't worry. I'm like I told um, you before. I'm I'm very grateful for this opportunity, and whether it's yeah, yeah. Uh, your podcast, this podcast, whatever it is, I'm always happy to kind of have a conversation with somebody else that's also creative and also doing their thing, and that's how we keep this wheel moving, just feeding into one another and. and totally and it's important as someone who runs a business to like just to to get your thoughts out as well and see if they really stick mm-hmm. right like to see if they really have the effect that yeah. they do. that's that's kind of breaking the fourth like wall i'm not right crazy yeah. right this really makes sense right 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 exactly 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 so now i want to ask you just a couple kind of offshoot questions mm-hmm. questions about you you know your personal life really and, and that first question i want to ask you man what do you do to relax like how do you spend your your downtime i was like i saw the questions that you had sent and i was like and i saw that i was like shit i don't have a good <laughs> answer for this man i really don't i wish i did but i i my girlfriend Lanny is is here and she's in the room and she's probably the best person you want to ask about how I uh, <laughs> how I relax because I really don't. There's there's no moment where I'm ever kind of resting or relaxing and I'm a shit guy for that. But I don't know. It's just always been me to constantly work and constantly have something on my mind. So I'm always kind of tapped in. Um, but to give you a, a maybe to actually answer your question. Um, if I ever do want to blow off steam or, or just unplug, um, I'll turn on an old movie or I'll just like kind of put my phone in another room, put my whatever in other places, have the homies over, mm-hmm. go play basketball like I am tonight at seven o'clock. Um, if you're see, free, see. you're more than welcome to come fly down and get, get some game time in. Um, oh man, you don't want the work. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I think like for me, disconnecting is, it's hard because as creative person, uh, barely that I am, we always have to kind of be plugged in and mm. be in tune with what's happening. So for me to disconnect, I just put my phone away, 
have the homies over and just really turn off everything and enjoy the moment, which is difficult to do, but I really, really try that my best to do so. Yeah, I, I would say it's really difficult to do for myself too. I asked, I wanted to ask you the question because I was like, you know, for me, I also am always looking for the next the next, whatever it is, like the next piece of content I can yeah, create, exactly. or the next idea I have, or whatever, just whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? like whatever, whatever that may be. And so for, for the time being, like it's been a, this kind of constant wheel of, you know, of uh, just being hungry for one. Yeah. Like I'm hungry for what I want to do. I I want to, I want to have more, achieve more for myself, but also recognizing that like, um, it's okay to also, you know, enjoy the the little fruits of life too, yeah, the fruits of labor as, as well. Yeah. So I want to, what's, what's your opinion on TikTok, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, at first I fucking hated it. I was <laughs> like, this is, this is garbage. This is too quick. I already have ADHD. This is making it worse. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is the antichrist. This is the anti everything for me. <laughs> and then it was like, wait, I sound like a dinosaur. <laughs> I sound like I'm 28 and I grew up on like Vine and I grew up on Tumblr and Twitter and those early yeah. stages of those platforms. Word. And for me to like dismiss this new app is like super shitty of me. So I was, took some time to come around and I came around and I think TikTok's incredible. I mm. think if that's the way that you take in information, if that's mm-hmm. the way that you just build up self-esteem, build up a voice or understand somebody else's voice, then that's beautiful. And yeah. there's a lot of talk in the fashion scene about TikTok. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of been looked down upon. And I don't understand why. I mean, I do, but mm. at this point, I don't understand it because it's like, this is the new world. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. for me, you either adapt or you die. And we don't make content specifically for TikTok, but we have the awareness of it. We do have our content for TikTok. We release it on present there. there. Exactly. Because again, like I mentioned, Drew, like IG, Instagram isn't what it used to be. And Twitter is still powerful and running on full speed ahead. But Twitter I think is a different animal. <laughs> it's a whole other beast. And, and I think that TikTok is that new. And mm, mm. you don't have to embrace it. You don't have to be a brand that solely puts out content for TikTok. But I do yeah. think you need to understand it and embrace it. Again, yeah. if it wasn't for guys like yourself, Nolan, um, Mark, Tanner, Simon, all these young creatives, all these new voices to be on TikTok, leave it would have have not had such a refreshing year that we did have last year. And again, I I take my hat off if I had one on right now to you and to Nolan (laughs) and to all these other creators like Mark that have showed us love and we don't deserve it. And we're nobody amongst these other big people, but Again, you guys have the new voice and you are steering the ship. So either you jump on board or it's just going to sail by. I love that. That's the, I love the respect. I appreciate that dearly because I think, fun. like you said, a lot of people and, and a lot of people are coming around to it, to mm-hmm. TikTok, the idea of TikTok brands or creatives. Um, but I think a lot of people still have that kind of negative connotation tor- towards the app. Um, but I think you said it perfectly. Like it, it's about how you digest media. Yeah. Whether you like watching YouTube videos or documentaries or whether you watch, like watching Netflix series or cable TV, in my head, they all kind of are the same thing, but a different version. And, and that's, no matter, all it that's, that's all it is. That's all it is. And, you know, as long as there's quality, value-driven content and value-driven product on each of those places, you, you have um, – you have something. <laughs> yeah. And look, as long as, as long as Libero doesn't end up on somebody's like Amazon top 10 things to buy right now list. Exactly. I'm happy about that. But exactly. I mean, like, like we both just said, people take in information in different medias in different forms. So you can't really knock it if that's how somebody takes it in. 
And mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. learned so much from TikTok about things that I never knew that A, I even cared about or <laughs> B, that were relevant to me. So that's, shout out to that's... the algorithm. Um, and yeah, man, I think that TikTok's here for a long time and I'm excited to see guys like you and again, everybody else create and, and ha- have their voices heard. Totally. One quick thing I want to add to Adam that you Please. mentioned that you were a little bit hesitant about like about TikTok. I was too, right? Like in the beginning, like it, it was like 2020 really is when I kind of heard about it, like during the pandemic and like, like, what is this? Like these high schoolers, like it's just yeah. dancing and stuff. Like it's just goofy. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this for myself. This is like a, if I ever come back and listen to this episode and anyone who's listening right now, if I keep that mindset where TikTok is for high schoolers, my life is not where it is now without, mm-hmm. without that app. And so for me, it taught me a lesson that no matter what it is that maybe there might be a two, TikTok 2.0 in the, in the future or whatever, whatever the app or whatever the form of, of communication is, I'm not going to judge it based off of, you know, that initial fear that I have about no. it or that an initial like reservation, because like you said, you either adapt or you die in a lot of mm-hmm. situations. Now for some companies it's different, obviously, but like it's, you have to understand that. Like you have to have a little bit of um, openness to new things or else you just never know what the possibilities are for yourself. 1000% man. So now talk to me. I want to know this. This is, this is a spicy oh, one. I'm God, excited. This one. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so, so Canada has provinces, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me. Tell me, tell me, tell me which province in Canada is best dressed. Is that the best way to ask the question or should I just ask the best city? <laughs> I, just went with pro- I went with province. I don't even know. I, I don't. I, I mean, look, you sent me one of those, you sent me that question list and I was like, this is another question I don't really want to get into. <laughs> Toronto, Toronto and Montreal is very close in proximity, but it okay. has that like East Coast, West Coast, New York, LA beef. Um, mm, mm. I didn't know that actually. So that's good to know. Yeah. We have like from our sports teams being like super heated against each other, always having beef. Um to the constant conversation where it's like, is Toronto better than Montreal? Is Montreal better than Toronto? Mm, so, mm. I mean, not that there's not other provinces, but a lot of the other provinces are very like rural and different, um, not as developed <laughs> as Toronto and Montreal are. Vancouver, yes. British Columbia, those places are very developed. Um, but I think, again, they have such a different landscape. They have Arcteryx. They have this um sea and sand vibe where their landscape for fashion is very different than ours um mm. what's the best dress fuck this is gonna yeah, get me yeah buddy <laughs> yeah um, buddy i think that ah, fuck i gotta give you an answer too like i don't want to you gotta just throw that. one out there just yeah. throw it out there and we'll just let it live for a second I'm I'm going to go hard for my city and I'm just going to say like Ontario, Toronto, we are yep. the best dressed. I'm not going to throw us under the bus. Um, yeah, that's what you got to do right there. Yeah, you know, I think that we do have some super stylish people. Um, I think that we've got some cats in the city that really put on and really do like get fits off and, and dress to the nines, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Just because I've got so much love for Montreal and <laughs> I love that province. I love Quebec. I love Montreal. I love that city. Montreal's got some good style, man. Those cats, like, they they, they really get it. And I think it's because it's such a European-based city. They have mm. such a heavy in- European influence that yeah. there's some people out there, a lot of girls, a lot of guys, a lot of everybody that are just really well put together. And they care so much about their style. Where here, this is my answer. Boom. So, Toronto, you'll see people walk to the grocery store in sweatpants. Mm. Montreal, you might not see that. Mm. That's my answer. Read between the lines. I don't know. Next question. Boom. My job. <laughs> we don't need to say anything more. I get it. I understand. Hopefully, there you, you get it in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's hilarious that's i I like that i like that this is um this is this is exactly what i wanted (laughs) there you go you got it man 
So last question I want to ask you, it's been a, it's been a treat to talk to you, man, and, and hear from you and just get your perspective on Libero and just everything in between. Um, I, I, I created this podcast, Adam, for myself and for a lot of people who are aspiring creatives, whether they be, you know, in social media or in fashion or in photography or in painting, whatever, whatever kind of yeah. creativity you have. Right. And I look at, you know, you and what you're doing with Libro as someone who can maybe lend a, a little bit of a word of advice to someone who's an aspiring creative. And I want to ask you for our, for our final question of the pod, man, um, what is that one piece of advice or a few pieces of advice that you can give to someone who's starting out or who's struggling to find their footing with what they're trying to create and, and, and help them like what what can you tell them what, what what can you say to them if they're trying to figure it out for themselves man like i saw that question and, and i was so like excited to answer it and so super happy that that was one of the things because i i get asked that question from time to time from other creatives from young entrepreneurs from young artists in the city um mm-hmm. outside of the city wherever it may be and I always try and give the best answer I can. And like we spoke about earlier, what may work for me may not work for somebody else. What works for them may not work for me. So the best way that I can answer it is just listen to your gut, run as hard as you can, and do what you want. That's what I've done. I have always listened to my gut. And it hasn't really steered me wrong. And even if it has, or even if we've made a mistake, mm-hmm. we've caught ourselves, we've understood what, what, has, has, what has happened, and we've picked up from there and we kept going. I think being brave and being bold, being resilient, words like these always stick around for creatives or for entrepreneurs because I think that's the difference maker. You had... Um, another couple or another brand on your podcast i can't remember the name for life of me um i think it's story something story mfg yes and i saw what he had said and what he had said was exactly what i would say Mm. it's the brand that stopped Mm. if libero stopped after the first year we wouldn't be here Mm. the emails that i get this year last year the last six months were emails that i never like Drew, I would have never imagined to get these emails. Yeah, yeah. And that's the biggest thing. The moment you give up, the moment you stop, is the moment that you die, and the moment that whatever you're doing doesn't keep doesn't continue. Yeah. And again, the product that you're putting out maybe be maybe for a certain niche following, may not be for everybody. You may have five thousand followers. You may have fifty thousand. That number doesn't matter. Right. Just keep going. Just keep producing because you never know what's around that corner. You never know who's watching. And totally. Like, again, I always bring up the team and leave it as a whole. And whether it's from Lanny, my girlfriend, to my best friend, Jeannie, my best, best homies, Rocco and Avery and Julian and everyone that's a part of the brand. Yeah. I always say, like, you don't know who's watching the story. You don't know yep. who's watching the brand grow. Someone has their finger on our pulse. The second that we give up, the second that we stop is when the brand doesn't reach the heights that we want it to be. So why would we stop? Exactly. You know, I'm not telling exactly. anybody to go bankrupt for their brand. Please don't. But yeah. definitely understand that you have to be bold. You have to be brave. You have to be okay with being not appreciated quite yet mm. with doing things that only maybe 2% of the whole world are going to appreciate. Yeah. That's all you really need. Like drew the fact that I have your attention, the fact that I have anybody's attention is all that I need. Cause we have somebody's attention. Right. And then you're going to tell somebody else. Yeah. You, that person's going to tell somebody else. Exactly. The second that you stop, the second that you stop preaching your brand or, or, you know, the, the moment you stop putting on clothes and put on sweatpants, the second you stop caring about your style and the way that you look. So why would I put on sweatpants now when we're like almost there? We're always exactly. going to be almost there. 
Yeah, yeah. That's a perfect capstone for that, Adam. That's a perfect capstone because you you only need that 2%. You only need that 2%. That's That can sustain you for the rest That's of your it. life. That's it, man. Like, I only need, like, do I want to be Paris Fashion Week? Absolutely. Do I want to have a store in Toronto that's open for the next 50 years? I'll take it. I'll take anything. I'll yeah. take my 2% of the pie. And that's mm -hmm. what I think like people seem to forget. It's like, is, is menswear, is women's wear, is the clothing market saturated? Absolutely. But Jound might not speak to everybody. Yeah. It doesn't. ALD, <laughs> ALD may speak for everybody. But maybe there's a kid in the UK that loves Libero the same way that I do and we connect and we have a follower and we have someone that loves the brand. Those moments are what keeps us going. Those are what allows us to reassure ourselves like, hey, new follower, new purchase, new email, just keep going. Exactly. I love it, man. I love it. Where can people find out about the brand if they haven't done so already? It's obviously linked down in the description, but where can they, what are the ads and things like that? The the only ad that matters is uh, it's on Instagram. It's libero.world. Uh, we're on TikTok. It's libero three times. So libero, libero, libero. Um, it's not libero world. So anybody that's listening, please understand it's not libero world. It's just there. We're trying to contact Instagram and just get that whole handle to ourselves but um they can find us there my instagram is irrelevant everything that matters is on libero.world <laughs> on instagram so i appreciate you man thank you for having me and, and this was thank you awesome if you can make it to tonight's ball game please come um, <laughs> yeah let me uh, let me there. get this flight <laughs> let me get this flight in real quick oh please, man. man the snowstorm hey, everything is canceled <laughs> 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 thanks That's so much bad. adam Absolutely, bro. Boom, just like that. Wasn't Adam a fantastic guest for the podcast? I think he dropped so many just different gems of wisdom, and he talked really candidly and really authentically about his experience with Libero. If you're a regular of the show, you know after these podcasts with guests, we get into something called the post-podcast analysis which entails me going over a few of the points that Adam made in the podcast in hopes to drive home value to you guys if you're listening, whether you own a brand, you're just curious about the post-podcast analysis, or just to drive home just some extra value that I feel like maybe you have forgotten in the hour-long conversation. I think one of the first major points that Adam brought up during the episode was this idea or when he originally started Libero and he was trying to find manufacturers to make what he wanted to make and he would you know ask nine manufacturers or nine factories and nine would say no and at any point during that experience he could have given up and I think it's important to recognize like it's not going to be easy for you to find exactly what you want to find people are reluctant to help you especially if you don't have a big name you don't have some cachet behind what you do and who you are and as a result like people just they just won't help you so you have to really put your best effort you have to put your best foot forward and continue to get up and continue to grind and ask and then eventually when you latch on to someone who's willing to help you take care of that person because that's the person that's going to help you get to the first level and get to the next level and maybe even beyond that and I think it was really cool for Adam to talk about how you know he asked 10 you know, he had to ask 11, got, got knocked down 10 times, got up another time. Like those kind of things, the resiliency, the ability to continue on, even when it's not easy, that is one of the more mentally draining, tough parts about just life in general. Just just life. <laughs> life sometimes feels like you're getting knocked out 10 times in a row, right? Like things happen. Boom, boom, boom. Your response is how your life will be determined and, and your response is basically how your life will end up and, and the value of the things that you end up accomplishing will be determined by your response, right? So continue to strive for what you want to strive for. If it looks a little bit glim or grim or gleary or all the gloomy words, whatever they may be, if it looks like that, reevaluate what you really want, make sure you're doing what you really want to do, and then continue to attack and go after the things you want. Now, one of the things I find myself talking about often in these episodes is storytelling. No matter who it is, no matter what type of episode it is, I'm trying to convey that storytelling is an important aspect of success in a creative field. 
Every person on this planet loves a good story, especially if it's related to something that they hold near and dear to them. And with Adam, obviously, his brand Libro has ties to his family in Italy, has ties to his experiences, and he hopes to create that bond with the customer and with his brand through video, through photos, through products. And that's the story he's always trying to tell. It's an ongoing story with production, with marketing, and et cetera, et cetera, with TikTok, with influencers, with whoever, right? That's the story he wants to tell. Now, for you, what is the story that you're trying to tell? Whether it be an actual story, if you're writing a book, whether it be the story you're trying to tell through the lens of your camera, whether it be the story you're trying to tell through the tip of your paintbrush, how are you telling your story if you're in fashion, if you're in art, if you're in any, any other field, really? Like if you're in tech, if you're in um, architecture, how are you telling the story of the buildings that you're creating? Or how are you getting people to really believe in the projects and the blueprints that you're laying down? It's important to tell great stories to convince others that it's something worthwhile that they should pay attention to. And that is something that I love that Adam pointed to and something that I think he does a masterful job at, even though his brand is wildly underrated. Overall, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please leave a five-star review. These episodes are so fun to do and I love to get your feedback on them. And I always try to read all the feedback that I get, all the DMs that I get. And hopefully you guys are doing all right, man. If you stay to this point, hour and six minutes in, I appreciate you dearly. Um, The world is in a very, very interesting predicament right now. And I think that we all can kind of feel that. Um, I'm, I'm, as, as I always say at the end of my YouTube videos, I'm spreading peace, love, and positivity in 2022. So that means I'm spreading peace, love, and positivity to you, wherever you are in the world. World. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you next time. Abianto. Peace.